This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Praise Jesus. Let's give Jesus another hand. Amen. Let's give Him a praise offering. He's the reason why we're here today. He's the reason why we've got meaning. Amen. And um, we would be nothing without Him. Amen. Praise God. Are you expectant? Praise God. Firstly, I just want to thank mom and dad for 38 years of guidance, 38 years of love, uh, leading me to the Lord when I was 17. Today, at the age of 55, um, I live a blessed life because of the foundations that you laid in my life. I appreciate you, love you, respect you, honor you, and sis sends her love. Love you much. I'm very proud of you for what the Lord is doing through your life. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Let's give Jesus a hand. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, family. We're living in a very interesting time, a time where God is really wanting to express His heart with full intentions. A time where God is wanting to release a certain sound. A time where God is drawing His people into a very deep knowing about who you are and whose you are. We know that we've got uncommon problems on this earth today. That needs uncommon solutions. Through uncommon people that serve an uncommon God. And God is raising up an army that will not stand back. God is raising up an army that will not be intimidated. God is raising up an army that will not take no for an answer, but that will move forward in the fullness of the Lord, who knows the inheritance, but also gives back to God His inheritance in our lives. The Lord is raising you up in a way that you've never experienced before. It's a new day. And His mercy is on you every morning. Every morning. Every morning. It's a new day. Every day is a good day. Because we serve God who is a good God. Now, you know, in business, we understand that we need to Give people more in use value than we receive from them in cash value. And that's the way we prosper and that's the way we stay in a sustainable business. That's the way we bring transformation and we bring solutions and we stay on the cutting edge of innovation. When we really bring change, when we really bring value in terms of the application of whatever we sell or whatever service we render. That's ensuring our tomorrow. As Christians, and we also understand that in business, if we're only in business to make money, we've got a poor business. It's very much the same in Christianity. If we only know God for His promises, We've got a very superficial kind of relationship with the Lord. Now, praise God for His promises. 
and in His promises are all yes and amen. His promises are true, and He always watches over His word to perform it. And I thank God for His promises. But you know, we don't advance in life through just the promises. We advance in the Lord through our obedience. We advance in the Lord on the face of this earth through our surrender. And most people, when they look at my life, they think, well, I've been born generous. I haven't been born generous. Obedience comes before generosity. <laughs> it breaks the ground and it allows me to go into the next for what God has for me. Obedience helps us to advance. As Christians, we're not called to push our way forward. As Christians, we are called to obey our way forward. And that releases and expresses the heart of God in our lives. The only way God can express His heart through our lives is through our obedience. And if there's something the Lord is wanting to express in your life and in my life today, is His heart. The intentions of His heart. The goodness. His power. His touch. His love. His acceptance. His deliverance. That's what He wants to release through our lives, but He can only do so when we live in a submitted way before Him, when we submit ourselves to the Lord. Humble yourselves before the Lord and He will lift you up. So the more we humble ourselves before the Lord, the more we go down in God, the higher we go up in society. Humble, uh, lift means hupsu in the Greek. It means God will take you literally to the very summit of opulence and prosperity. So it's all about the surrendered life. It's all about a obedient life. And that's one of the strengths that David had. God sought a man after his own heart, and he found one. And he said, wow, I like this guy. You know, he's in the wilderness playing the harp and worshiping me, adoring me, making, magnifying my name. I just love him. He's fell in love with me. You know what? I'm just going to make this guy king. And I'm going to treat him as royalty. Each and every one of us has been destined by God, has been sanctified by God, has been set apart by God to be treated as royalty. That's your portion. That's your position. That's your covenant. God has bought you with a very high price. Now that was a, that's the huge difference between Saul and David. That's why, you know, God chose Saul to express his heart through Saul's life as the king of Israel. But Saul was more a people pleaser than a God pleaser. And people pleasers cannot walk in the favor of God. People pleasers cannot ship things. People pleasers cannot bring transformation. Partial obedience is disobedience. And Saul was partially obedient, and that's why he was fully disobedient. 
And that's why God had to remove the kingship from him. God didn't reject him as a man. God rejected him as a king. He was still in covenant with God as an Israelite, as a Benjamite. But God could not express his heart through him. God could not treat him as royalty anymore. That's why God had to go and find David, who would express his heart, who would reveal God's intentions for Israel. And God is raising up a people today that is wanting to express God's heart. And you know, God loves us. He wants us to be fine. But you know, when your focus is, is God fine, more than I think about myself, <laughs> my thinking the last few years has changed very much in terms of that. For me, it's about, is God fine <laughs> with me? Am I releasing the sound? Am I doing what he's called me to do? Am I releasing the purpose of God through my life? Or am I just standing on the promise and being sure that I'm fine? Very different posture. And that's the kind of posture that David had. He had a posture just to love God. And you know, he wasn't out in the wilderness confessing to become king. Fighting for a title. Come on now. We don't push our way forward in the kingdom. We obey our way forward in the kingdom. I want to say this to you. Self-promotion is evil. God-promotion is powerful. And we need to allow God, you know, and the way David just handled himself through his life. He never blamed anyone. Because we cannot blame others and trust God at the same time. So it's all about posture. And so God found a man after his own heart. And that me, God said, I found someone who will do everything I tell him to do. He's carrying my heart. In other words, he's going to express what heaven is wanting to establish in the nation of Israel. He's hearing me and he's executing, he's, apl he's applying my instructions, my leading, my guidance in his life. And because he's doing that, he'll be unstoppable, untouchable. He'll never go down. He'll just go up in his life. Some translations say that he carried God's heart. He carried God's heart. We don't push our way forward, we obey our way forward. Living a surrendered life. And I must admit, at times I don't want to obey. <laughs> at times, you know, I really want to take some vengeance in my own hands. I don't want to forgive. Come on now. I don't really want to sow that big of a seed, God. Can't I just negotiate a little bit less? No. 
But the moment I become less, he becomes more. And the moment he becomes more, I get elevated. The anointing of exaltation kicks in and God lifts me up to the very summit of opulence and prosperity. That's what happens. But you see, if you had to look in the natural, when King Saul messed up and God came to Samuel in those days, you know, before even King Saul was anointed as king, God governed the nation of Israel through judges and prophets. But they asked Samuel, we want a king. We want to look the same as the other nations. We want to blend in. We don't want to stand out. <laughs> God has never called you to blend in. God has called you of your own voice. <laughs> God has called you of your own unique sounds. God has called you of your own unique calling. God has called you for, his, for the purpose that he's placed you on this earth for, and you need to release that sound. And so Samuel came to the Lord with that request. And God said to Samuel, listen, don't, don't, don't be offended. Don't, don't feel bad about it. They're not rejecting you. They're rejecting me. But let's find them a king. And he went and he found Saul. You see, God didn't want them to have a king. He was their king. And God didn't want only one man to be treated as royalty. He wanted every individual in the nation of Israel to be treated as royalty. And he said to Samuel, you tell the nation of Israel, remember what you asked. A king is going to enlist your sons. He's going to impose taxes on you. I don't do that. But that's what a king will do. And so God gave them a king, and Saul messed up. And so God said, all right, let's find another one. And he roamed through Israel and he found David. And then he said to Samuel, in 1 Samuel 16, verse 1, he said to Samuel, listen, stop grieving about Saul. Some of us need to grieve, uh, need to stop grieving about our mistakes of the past. If we want to recover what the enemy has stolen, get the past behind you. <laughs> get your grieving out of the way. Get your sense of disappointment under your feet and start walking on. You need to move on. And he says to Samuel, listen, fill your horn with oil. You've got someone to go and anoint. Some of us need some fresh anointing. And some of us are being prepared by the Lord to be sent out for great works, to go and do the work that God has called us to do. Fill your horn. Spend time in prayer. Spend time in, in, his, in his presence. Submit yourself to the Lord. Glorify Him. Honor Him. Make your secret place your most important place. Then, huh, Samuel goes to Jesse's house. He has to now find the next king. And Jesse lines up all his sons. Forgets about David. And he starts with, I think it's Ebimajad or something like that. <laughs> and he goes to the second one. And God says, no, 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 no. Because the first one, he thought, well, this must be the guy. He looks so good. Nice looking. 
And God says, no, 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 I don't look at the outer appearance, I look at the heart. Goes to the sec- through the second one, God says, no, it's not him. He doesn't match up. Third one, no, no, no. Goes through all of them. And then Samuel, is just knocked out. He just said, what's happening here? Do you have any other son? He says, yeah, I've got one that's remaining. But it's highly unlikely it would be him. He's, he, you know, he's just a shepherd kid. He's just out there in the wilderness playing the harp. All he thinks about is worshiping God. It's highly unlikely to be him. Okay? He says, there remains one. You know that word remain in Hebrew, in Hebrew is shahar. It's got two meanings. Same word, two perspectives, actually. There's the perspective of man in that word. And there's also the perspective of God in that word. The perspective of man, shahar, same word in Hebrew, means redundant. It means it's a leftover. It means it's highly unlikely that God would use this man to become king. But then there's another perspective. You can go and study it. Shahar, God's perspective which means gift of God. It means remnant. It means highly likely. This is the one that I've chosen to become king. I want to say to you today, you might have been thinking it's highly unlikely that God will use me in such a way. You've taken your dream and you've put it on the shelf. You've taken your dream and you started forgetting about it because you didn't want to be disappointed again. God says, get the duster out. Dust that, that dust off your dream. Allow it to arise again. Allow it to be made known again. Start expecting again. And if you've not, if you're expecting, start expecting even more than you've been expecting. Because I'm doing a new thing. I'm raising up an army that will stand out for me. They will serve me for who I am. They will not serve me for what I can do, but just for who I am. And I will show them what I can do through their life. You know that self can become an idol. And most of us are self-obsessed. We want to be fine. God hasn't called us so that we would be fine. God has called us to be sure that He is fine. Hello. You know that security can become an idol. God has never called us to play it safe. He called us to trust Him. If Jesus played it safe, He would never have gone to the cross. And the gospel would never have gone out because the, the apostles would have hidden themselves. Now, <clears throat> David gets chased after for a long time out in the wilderness. And in 1 Samuel chapter 30, just before the breakthrough, just before he was recognized as king, the Amalekites 
attacked Ziklag. The Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 30, they burned the whole of Ziklag to the ground while he was on a trip with the Philistines because the Philistines were making ready to fight Israel. And when they got back, they found the whole camp, everything burnt, everything stolen, all their wives, all their children taken, no one killed, but everyone taken. And God says, and, and, and David finds himself in a very peculiar situation. He finds himself in a place where his life is in danger. The devil has come and stolen everything. Hit him hard. The men that served with him, the warriors that served with him, were so bitter towards him that they were thinking of stoning him, killing him, removing him, taking him out of the way. But you know, the Bible says in verse 6 of 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6, that David went and strengthened himself in the Lord. There was no one. It was only God. There was no escape but God. <laughs> there was no providing but God. There was no alternative but God. <laughs> but it's just like David had acquired a habit, had developed a posture in his life to worship God, to adore God. And he knew the only way for him was to get back into that place. And he went and strengthened himself in the Lord. Another word, you can go and check it out. Another word for strengthen is recover. He went and recovered his brilliance because another word for strengthen is apply the wax. I'm bringing brilliancy back to you. I'm going to make you shine again. I'm going to make you known again. And so he went and he strengthened himself in the Lord. He recovered himself in the Lord. In other words, he, he prepared himself. He, 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 he waxed himself, put the wax on, and he started shining again. You ladies are looking at me and say, what are you saying, did he? Not that kind of wax. He was putting the liquid wax on him, became pliable with the Lord, and he received the instruction from God. He was strengthening the Lord, and he said to his men, let's get on our horses, let's go and recover everything the enemy has stolen. And he went after the Amalekites, and they recovered everything, everything. Why? Because he first recovered himself. Some of us need to recover ourselves in the secret place. We need to recover ourselves in our relationship with the Lord. We need to recover ourselves with our posture before the Lord. <sighs> you know, Luke chapter 9 verse 20, uh, Luke chapter 9 verse 62 says, <clears throat> Jesus speaks and he says, if you put your hand to the plow and look back, you are not fit for the kingdom of God. That doesn't mean you'll go to hell. 
It only means I cannot treat you as royalty. You can go and study it. Go and look it up. I can't treat you as royalty. Why? Because you, you must understand, you must take also the, the scripture in the context of its time. In those days, they plowed the soil with oxen. And a plow was, is a blade that breaks the soil and it prepares it for the seed that will follow. To plant the seed in the soil. Okay? So in other words, the person, Jesus is talking about a person that's in covenant with him. I've given you the tools. I've given you the field. You are in covenant with me. I've given you the ability. And when you put that hand on that plow, <laughs> you cannot be distracted. You cannot lose focus. You cannot start doubting. You cannot start comparing. You cannot go for fame. You cannot go for anything else but for what I've called you to do on the face of this earth because I've given you an assignment, I've given you a mandate, I've sanctified you, I've set you apart for a certain task on the face of this earth. And it's holy. It's holy. Now everyone, anyone who's in, who knows farming knows that especially the first furrow, when you plow, it needs to be straight. And the moment you look back or you look sideways, you go skew. And what happens? You lose space. You lose productive area. You start messing up your field. Your first furrow needs to be straight. The only way. You know, before autopilots came out on tractors today in the ag industry, the agricultural industry, you know, the first guy, the guy that started with the field that morning, he had to have a pole on the other side of the field, a marker. All right, and he would get on that tractor, he will hold that steering, and he will have his eyes 100% on that marker and hold the steering as straight as possible because any little, you know, going to the left or to the right will take up surface area. And that's why Jesus says, don't look back because the moment you look back, you will influence negatively your future that's ahead of you. You cannot look back. All right? But you know, you must understand this too. You must understand this too. That the left hand, in Jesus' time, guided the, the plow. The left hand represents workmanship. It represents application. The right hand represents strength and honor. Because the right hand, in Jesus' time, on oxen, would harness the power of the oxen. And it would coordinate the power from the right hand to the left hand. So that the left hand would apply the power exactly what, how it's needed to do an excellent work. To do the work that's needed for that field. Alright? So if the coordination is off, everything will be off. And so many people are struggling. The power of God in our lives is not for us. It's for Him. It's for His people. And it's holy. And we need to apply it correctly. Strength and honor comes from God. 
and you've got your field and God says, look straight ahead of you. You've got your own lane. You've got your own race to run. You cannot go and plow someone else's field. I haven't called you for that field. I've only called you for this field. So in other words, just look straight ahead of you and don't stop for any barking dog. Don't be distracted. Go for it. Run. And that place where we need to coordinate God's power from the right hand, strength and honor, to the left hand application is a place of sanctification. It's a holy space. It's a space that has been prepared for you before time began. And God says, your life on this earth will leave its mark. That furrow is not for nothing. That furrow is for the seed. That furrow is for the glory. That furrow is for what needs to follow after you've been obedient to me, laboring, doing what I've called you to do. It's a place of sanctification. How well are you coordinating God's power in your life to the place where the application needs to take place? That's a big question because we're all going to stand before the Lord one day. <laughs> Amen. But that's how we advance. How? That's how we recover. That's how we get aligned again. Don't look to your left. Don't look to your right. Just look straight ahead of you. You've got your own furrow to plow. <laughs> You've got your own field. I see so many people now in South Africa. Everyone's starting a church in Cape Town. Just, do, just be sure what you do, God instructed you to do that. That's all. Amen. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com.